birthday of Christmas in the 90s gave to me. Four jeans are wrapping, three calls to butter, two former husbands, and Santa holding a store hostage. Nice. Yeah. In good time. Cool. That sounded great. Did you say it sounds great when you took out your headphones on? <laughs> I can still hear it. Welcome to Namely 90s. The podcast that takes you back to the time before smartphones, Google, and Y2K. Join your hosts as they relive the pop culture that shaped a generation and the parts that many people wish they could forget. Listen in to the conversation about how the decade defined those who spent their childhood there and how it shaped them as adults. So, turn down the grunge and dial up the internet. Let's get started. It's time for Namely 90s. That's right, you're listening to Namely 90s. My name's Andrew, and over there is Brandon. That's me. You can find us online at Namely90s.com or on Twitter and Instagram at Namely90s with a 90s. You can also find the show on YouTube at YouTube.com slash at Namely90s. And if you'd like to support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash Namely90s, also with a 90s, and get signed up for one of the support levels. Uh, and here we are back again. Welcome to the fourth day of the third annual 12 days of Christmas specials. Yes. Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. It's December 24th. Gosh, I feel like I haven't talked to you since yesterday, but actually just earlier today. (laughs) Yeah. Time, time dilations weird uh, during our specials. Um, but yeah, it's, we had, we had a great time, uh, with, uh, Jamie from the eighties and nineties uncensored, uh, yesterday talking about, um, I want to say Futurama, but that was two days ago today. Yesterday was, um, married with children, which was, that was, uh, that was a slog for 21 minutes. That was just, you know, 10 hours ago. And I I could not remember what we talked about, but today we're lucky to have another returning guest. Oh yeah. Yeah. That I will now Brandon introduce. <laughs> you know what's great? Uh, all the returning guests are just so prompt about like booking their times, and they've they've been so so considerate. And uh, I'm surprised yeah. they didn't block us from Twitter. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> you know it's been uh, it's been hard. I they they have yeah, to follow me. There was a, there was a time when I was really into Prompto like a month ago, so they just got spam after spam. Anyways, it's uh, Scott Murphy returning from all 90s action all the time and New Horror Express. Welcome, Welcome back, back to the show. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. Scott. Thanks for having me back on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I, sure if it would happen, but you know. <laughs> well, so. Um, I'm so sorry. I can't remember what was the what was the guest star appearance. Oh, uh, our show was your favorite. X Files. Yeah. X Files. X Files. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, so, fun story. Uh, after. <laughs> After you, you had your guest spot uh, with us, uh, then uh, all nineties, all all nineties action all the time kind of went on hiatus. Hiatus uh, the following month um, for for the for the majority of twenty twenty two. But you did come back again, and I I think I guest hosted like three out of the four episodes that I like uh how many how many episodes have you had so far this year I know uh, well so like um 
we've had a few. Uh, basically, yes, it, it wasn't quite as immediate. It wasn't quite as an immediate as a collapse as that. Uh, but um, so we put two episodes out in January mm-hmm. um, for 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 January, uh, which is something we're bringing back. Nice. Um, so <laughs> we did that, and then we did an episode in February covering the three ninjas, and the, and then basically I said uh, it's too much. I can't do all these podcasts. Um, because New Horror Express also had a, has a side series, um, which I'm wrapping up right now, called the Guilty Pleasures Podcast. And I was like, oh, it's all too much. Um, and then, then what happened was somebody got in touch with me uh, for this uh, podcast network called the Last of the Action Heroes Podcast Network. And they were like, can we have your podcast on the network? And I was like, well, the podcast doesn't really exist now. But yeah, sure, you can have our back catalog. <laughs> And then, so I was like, oh, I kind of pondered it. And I was like, oh, maybe I can put it in a couple of episodes this year, you know, like, uh, just take it easy, you know, just have it very sporadic. And and then, so we came back in like June. So it was Con Air, which you were on Con Air. And then we did like a mini Bond season um, covering the 90s Bond movies. So that's three Bond movies. And you were on two of those. Uh, they they didn't ask me back for the third. Yeah, no, yeah the, the, world, the, world, the world is not enough. You, you didn't come back for that but then um, we did those and then we've got in for our christmas special we're doing uh batman returns so um Ooh, i advise it, nice. i ended up doing a lot more episodes than i thought i was going to do when the show collapsed in like february uh, and then next year in 2023 we're coming back as a, a monthly show uh, that's, so yeah that's fantastic. very cool <laughs> yeah i, I you have so many podcasts to juggle. It's it's impressive that you're you're also guesting on ours again. So we we appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I do appreciate being on uh, three of your episodes this year. It was it was a fun time. Uh, I got to relive Con Air, which I don't think I'd seen like from front to back before uh, that episode. Um, you could find all this uh, all at. By searching for all 90s action all the time. Uh, and yeah, I got to talk about two of the Brosman Bond movies that that I enjoyed. Um, not the one that I used to borrow on uh, either DVD or VHS from Andrew. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Uh, so what's been going on with New Horror Express? You said you had a side uh, project called the Guilty Pleasures podcast? Yes. Um, so basically, in conjunction with uh, with another podcast that I'm kind of friends with uh, called Bloodhound Picks, which are oh, not yeah. really doing much uh, at the moment, but um, they, they retweet uh, us a lot. Yeah. Well, that's because I like um, Bloodhound. But one third of Bloodhound Picks is is uh, Craig, my co-host oh, on that's all right. action all the time. Uh, so that'll be why. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so the Guilty Pleasures podcast was started because of them. They were doing a kind of project um, with lots of uh, different podcasts and we're, we're saying, oh, do you have any ideas for like a, a side series you could do? And I was like, oh, I can do this, which is like covering Guilty Pleasure horror movies of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I started that, uh, yeah, like about 30 months ago. Um, I've been doing it monthly and we're going to do our last one in December. Um, we just put out one an episode. The November episode was Hollow Man. Um, and then the December episode is um we've covered a couple of Christmas horrors. The December episode is going to be a film called Sleigh Bells. 
um, nice. which is uh, spelled Slay being spelled S-L-A-Y, Bells being <laughs> spelled B-E-L-L-E-S. So, you know, that, that's puntastic. Um, I like it. We like it. Yeah, yeah, we, we like puns. Uh, one of the other Christmas horror movies we covered was Santa's Slay, which again, Slay is spelled S-L-A-Y. <laughs> and that one stars Bill Goldberg and is, is just as a killer Santa. And that's really all you need to know about Santa Slay. Um, <laughs> if you know who Bill Goldberg is, um, former professional wrestler. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're doing that, but that, that's kind of coming to a close. But New Horror Express will still be going strong. It's a fortnightly interview show where I just interview horror film directors mainly, but also horror novelists, um, screenwriters, actors, just anybody working in kind of modern indie horror today as uh, is kind of uh yeah who I'm talking to there that's awesome yeah it's always it's always cool to see who you pull for the podcast um yeah, we we don't like admitting it but we're we're not the biggest horror buffs over here uh yeah. kind of <laughs> we're we're real pansies about about it but uh you know we uh it's true. I, I like a good thriller um uh-huh. Uh, but, I don't mind a thriller. Uh, I don't like those like gratuitous jump scare movies. The, the, those are no good for me. Yeah, but, uh, well, I mean, like, I, I mean, it is, it's, it's difficult because mm-hmm. like there's a lot of things that I think most people who are not horror fans don't consider horror. Whereas um, something like me, a horror nerd, there's lots of things I consider horror that um, a lot of people would be like, that's not horror. You know, like things like the classic examples of like kind of in between things that some people grab as thriller and some people grab as horror because they are horror movies um, is things like Silence of the Lambs, mm. Seven, basically every serial killer thriller made in the nineties. Um, <laughs> yeah, see those I, I I well not exactly that list, but I like some of those. But it's those ones where it's you know like the uh, your your paranormal activities or your other ones uh, that are just very yeah, much yeah. like just building suspense so they can scare you with a jump scare. And then it's like kind of thin after that. I don't know. Like that's, that's the stuff I don't care. I for. mean, I, sure. I just, yeah. you know, I, I, I like the movies as like the concept, but I, I'd hate being good example. The movie signs. I uh, like that movie. It's a uh, little scary at parts, but it's not like, you know, mm-hmm. too yeah. bad. Alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sometimes um, I, <laughs> I walk around, I have three, children under six well six and under and i walk around oh. my house seven and under i don't know what year it is anymore and i walk around and i'm like i feel like i'm in the movie signs because they just leave half full cups of water all around the house <laughs> and, and they, <laughs> but then i realize that. i'm just uh living in a different nightmare what they, they, they scurry <laughs> they scurry through the door frame and you're like what what and then i hit them with a baseball bat no that's not Whoa. no i'm kidding <laughs> that that's the aliens i'm just kidding oh my gosh um, but, yeah but i so uh podcast of horror three this year we tried to get andrew to andrew's like we should probably watch a horror movie since we were calling it a podcast of horror <laughs> and then i <laughs> compiled an excellent list of 90s horror movies because uh, i like i like the 
I do like the the millennial era uh, horror movies of like that are like self aware, a little meta, um, like scream. Oh, you mean you mean the like the scream and scream inspired kind of? Yeah, I did last summer urban legend kind of yeah. movies. Yeah, where where they they kind of acknowledge that they're in they're in a horror yeah, movie. A horror and, universe. Yeah, um, th- those are kind of, I can get behind, but. Uh, uh, we ended up what did we cop out oh, with Christmas too. <laughs> I still patch. can't drive behind a log truck because of the movie Final <laughs> Destination. But yeah, I love yeah, Final no, Destination. That's, that's that fair one. enough. That's that fair enough. I, I understand that. Gremlins I, I love Gremlins too. Gremlins two is a great. No, it's the real horror like, is the quality of the movie. But yeah. Gremlins two is a great movie. I will not have anything said. I did actually. Gremlins. So I will tell you, we watched this movie. I I actually haven't seen the first Gremlins. The second Gremlins. It's the better one. I'm. Uh, I was, I was watching this movie on my uh, headphones in, and I was uh, laughing out loud for a good portion of the movie. It was pretty hysterical. Uh, so here's the thing: a lot of uh, uh, film buffs, and like specifically horror buffs, uh, which is weird because the sample size is getting bigger now that you just said you love Gremlins too. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's a lot, a lot of like horror horror film buffs love gremlins too and i it's perplexing <laughs> to me i think it's because like because it's like it's like a nerd thing i think yeah, like okay, in terms of i think in my i go back and forth of what what is better gremlins mm-hmm. or gremlins 2 i love them both mm-hmm. um sometimes i i veer more to the one or to the other um and i think like more recently i've veered more to to gremlins 2 and Gremlins has um, a stronger uh, story mm-hmm. and it has a greater emotional core. Yep. But what Gremlins 2 has is it is a brilliant parody of sequels and it has like a manic, crazed energy. Like, and so also, uh-huh. also, I love its manic, crazed energy. The, 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 and also, like, of the two films, like, the biggest laughs, I think, come in Gremlins 2. And do you know what? I just admire when somebody has reached a certain stage of their career and a studio has given them a bunch of money. And then, instead <laughs> of... And, and, then, and then they've just entirely gone with their own demented vision. I love this when filmmakers do this. I loved it when Nicholas Winden Refn made fucking Only God Forgives. I love, you know, like, uh, you know, Panos Costumos got some money and then he made Mandy. You know, Robert Eggers got a bunch of money and he made The Northman. You know, like, just people who are just like, fuck it. I'm, maybe I'm only going to get this what Chance wants. And that's what Dodonte did. So just for that, I admire the fuck out of uh, Gremlins 2. I'm sorry, can I swear? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> your special is one of the ones that gets the, the nice little E next to it. <laughs> okay. Um, so so yeah, and I just love it. I, I think like maybe because um, I like kind of surreal kind of comedy. I'm a big Monty Python fan. All that kind of kids mm. in the hall. You know, like that kind of uh, kind of <laughs> demented. 
weird yeah. absurdist energy to to gremlins 2 is what really attracts me to it um, that's yeah. that's fair i guess i was being also it has one of the great it also has one of the greatest fourth wall breaking jokes where <laughs> uh paul bartell uh comes and taps hulk hogan on the shoulder to shout at the gremlins to start in the movie again <laughs> which makes me laugh just as hard now as it did the first time i saw it when i was like i don't know eight years old <laughs> I mean, I don't, for me it was just like the satire and like the random sound effects like there's just one scene where some stuff was going on and there was like this ridiculous boinging sound <laughs> effect in the background yeah. and yeah. i'm i'm i just was i was dying it was really it was funny very slapstick. I, yeah. I, yeah. so, I think germans 2 is even funnier now than it was then because <laughs> like john's glover's performance that's clearly a piss take of donald trump is amazing <laughs> yeah. so spot on yep 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I, I guess I was being reductive when I said that it's the secret of the ooze of the Gremlins franchise. Um, but we didn't bring you here to talk about Gremlins too. No. We brought no, you fair. to talk about different types of Gremlins, uh, pocket monsters. Uh, mm, yeah, yeah. So uh, Scott, uh, we all watched uh, po- Pokemon, the animated series, the the first original run. Uh, episode mm-hmm. i think like 65 uh holiday hijinks yes before we get into that episode specifically uh, i thought we'd go around and talk about our experiences with pokemon um it could be the show it could be the games what have you uh scott do you want to go first uh sure i, uh, I can go first um so when I don't really have, I'm not much of a gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I was kind of a gamer at the time in the, in the, in the late nineties, but Pokemon was never a game I played. Um, I, my, I suppose I have a kind of weird relationship with the uh, animated series in that. Um, so I believe that the animated series first aired in the UK in 1999, mm-hmm. um, when I was about 14. Uh-huh. So I kind of saw myself as a little bit too old for Pokemon. Right. However, um, I do have a brother who is six years younger than me. So he was like eight years old at the time. He is very much a gamer. He was big into the games. He, he loved the show. Um, so like I was kind of forced to watch it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, despite my kind of snobbery towards it, and like you know, because I had already discovered kind of more quote unquote kind of grown up anime, and and you know, I'd seen some like like Ninja Scroll, Fist of the North Star, Neon Genesis, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but yeah, but then like you know, because being forced to watch it, it kind of grew on me you know like and I, so i still have a little bit nostalgia for it as to be said just because i remember like sitting uh, what watching it with uh, with my brother on a kind of saturday morning i wonder if uh andrew your your brother uh, has the same experience <laughs> you're muted so bad uh, uh i was trying not to make noise uh yeah i i think it was like didn't it come out when we were about 10 yeah, so it was it was ninety it was ninety nine when the yeah. anime kind of hit. Uh, so yeah, I mean he Western was into stuff just a couple years older than me. So like, I don't really have any re- recollection of say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was just a few years behind that, mm. and he remembers that. So no, the, uh, they were making fun Blanc. of us for liking Pokemon. Remember? Yes, I do remember. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't remember exactly how I got into it, but I definitely remember 
being into like the cards and stuff. Thank you, Brandon. Um, and then obviously this show and then the Game Boy games. Um, this show, I mean, we watched this pretty religiously. I certainly haven't seen it all because we didn't have, you know, DVR or streaming back then. Oh, I made sure I was uh, home on a Saturday in control of my television for the most yeah. part. It's it's a it's good. It's yeah. good. Um, yeah, same. So I was introduced to the, I think the anime first, maybe, maybe it was 97. It was when we were in third grade. That's 10, 10 years old, right? Uh, give or take. Um, and I, I brought this up in the podcast during our first year, I think, but, uh, our, one of my friends, Ben, Ben H, uh, he, um, introduced me to the anime when I was over at his house one afternoon. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> the games came out around the same time. And, uh, so like it was, it was, it was a syndicated edition, like on, uh, one of our local channels, yep. UP, well, uh, syndicated it was on UPN. first run or no, I don't know. It, it was, first it was, run it was before run. it was before it made it. So it was before it made it to the WB. Cause I remember distinctly, um, when it came to kids WB that like, it was an event that I, I was like, they're starting it from the beginning and like, I had to be there to watch it at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, um, to see the first episode of Pokemon. Uh, but I do recall seeing episodes prior to it, like how Dragon Ball Z or Sailor Moon had like these weird syndicated uh, runs with a different like dub set before it hit the mainstream market. Um, so that's how I got into it. And I, I got my dad to take me to target and I got Pokemon blue and uh, haven't stopped playing from there. My dad uh, still remembers taking at least me, maybe us to the Pokemon movie. The it was the second it was the second one it was the second one where we got the um I think it was the second one maybe it was the first one was it the he first one seem to remember it fondly yeah <laughs> I I do remember that and I remember we got we got the ancient Mew card or uh, yes there was a yeah. Mew yeah yeah it was like a coin so or something like it was it was something. It was cool whatever so, it was. yeah the first the first two they we got cards I, I remember that um. I think I went with my parents for the second one because I remember getting all three of the legendary birds, which I was like, yes. Um, but yeah, I, I I went to the Toys R Us Pokemon uh, Dual League card. Toys R Us. League. Now you're just dating yourself. I know, right? <laughs> um, that's. It's, I, I didn't. I didn't go to see the Pokemon movie at the, the cinemas, but I do remember my brother renting it on VHS. VHS. So, <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about. Be kind. Ourselves. Rewind. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's the. I think I ha- I had I had the first two on VHS. Uh, yeah um it's and i don't think i ever saw the third movie um because we were too cool for it even though i still watched i still watched it at home uh just like power rangers and i so at one point during might have been before the pandemic when netflix still had it um i went back and started watching the this original run um through indigo league and orange islands and all that um but i got bored at some point because i know i haven't seen like black and white or um whatever all the other ones are 
but I have Netflix, at least in the States, has picked up um, the current uh, whatever um, journeys, I think it's called. Uh, so I've been watching mm-hmm. that. And the Scarlet and, Viol- Scarlet and Violet just came out for the Switch, uh, which is the ninth generation Pokemon game. Ninth generation Pokemon game. And I'm playing that currently. I... I played up through the fifth generation and kind of got bored there and I came back for the seventh um, and which wasn't that fun and eight kind of got me back into it again. But uh, yeah, that's Pokemans. Um, Did I get everything for those of you at home that don't know Pokemon uh, is a uh, portmanteau of pocket and monsters, which is abbreviated from the Japanese title, original Japanese title for the show and uh, game. It was um, it premiered in April of 1997 on Tokyo TV. So it makes sense that it took at least a year to get to Western audiences um and uh there's several sequential series uh as i just mentioned uh currently we're on ultimate journeys uh in the west and they just started a new one i think or ended i don't know um because ash finally won uh some tournament or something um and the series creator originally said when ash finally wins a tournament like the big tournament the show is over. So let's <clears throat> see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, shall we get into the episode? Or uh, any, any other Pokemon thoughts? Before well, no, I we just saw your it? point about how, uh, well, I guess you have to introduce the episode, but the, uh, the character was changed after the original airing. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're watching holiday hijinks, which, uh, and we found the original version. Yes, we did. Uh, um, which, uh, <laughs> for those of you that are younger than us, uh, Jinx is one of the original 151 Pokemon. Uh, and um, it's, it's a shaped kind of like a female woman. And it also kind of resembles uh, the um, unfortunate depictions of uh, Africans. Let's by, be honest. It's, it's got a black face. Yes. You um, can't. <laughs> so Japanese, Japanese anime prior to this point had, uh, has had examples of bad examples of um of african depictions uh people with black skin um their characters are black with uh big pink lips which is uh in america a very offensive um caricature of african americans um, yeah, so. we've talked about this on the show before. It's really hard to animate a person of another ethnicity and not be offensive unless you're from that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's and, just, Japanese, it's just, and Japan is generally a country of just Japanese people. Correct. Yeah, okay. no, it's just it's just a, it's a trap. Anytime you try to animate someone of a different because like, it's like you have to exaggerate features and it just becomes a problem. I just think back to like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Um, there's a character called Mr. Popo who is uh, kind of has like Middle Eastern vibes, but he's also uh, but he's also like I don't know. He might be an alien. I'm not sure, but his face is black and he has the, the large um, pink lips and it's, 
you look at it and, and he's wearing a um a uh head rest wrapped i don't know the proper term for it um but like a like a Sikh, what are they? Yeah, um, uh, I, I, I yes, hesitate to call anything, so I'll get it wrong. Yes, turban. turban. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, uh, something akin to a turban. So it's 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 very. Um, yeah, you, you it, see it. You see it in older Japanese animation. So that the Jinx is sure. actually purple in the newer. Oh, uh, yes, thank you. That was the point Andrew was making, not just yeah. having me go off. Uh, no, the path. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yes. I did kind of feel like I'd walked into something here because I was like, I didn't do the background reading before I picked the episode. I was just like, <laughs> I remember Pokemon. Like my brother loves <laughs> yeah. that show. Like I used to watch it with him. Ah, oh, great! I'll do Pokemon. And Surprise! Then, and then and then I did the background reading, and I was like, oh, this episode's been pulled because like uh, it's no longer in Western circulation because and of, of course we would talk uh, about culturally it. offensive stereotypes. <laughs> oh, I was like, ah, oh, great! Yeah. That's what I want to talk. Welcome back to the podcast, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it definitely is. It's, uh, since since this episode, uh, since they pulled this episode, um, Jinx has been recolored in later generations to be purple face um, and skin colored, uh, purple, purple skin tone, in, uh, which yeah. I guess makes it better. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's still, it, and this episode, I don't think I've seen screenshots where it's been edited back to be purple, but I, I've never seen it on a home release that I'm aware of. Apparently I like the reading I did was mm. it has been recolored. Uh, so Jinx is purple in the episode, mm. but apparently for some reason, the recolored episode has only ever been aired in Japan. Is what is what I is what I read. That that makes um, sense. So, so it's never been put in circulation in, in Western. Uh, yeah, and and that's that brings up an interesting thing because there are banned episodes at least in the states. Um, I don't know how it was um, across the pond, but. Uh, there, or the a, episode that crossed the epilepsy and the seizures and stuff. The Porygon episode, yep. That, yeah, well, that one's yeah. never been aired outside. kind of everywhere. Yeah, but that's because it caused epilepsy in children in Japan. Well, but there's also for I, like the... There's well, an episode where, I, oh, go yep. sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Go. Uh, there's an episode where James... Uh, there's a, a tentacruel that attacks a bunch of buildings um, and James wears a uh inflatable boobs um and i don't remember if it was pulled for uh the trans reason or if it was for the um fact that a giant tentacruel was destroying buildings that looked like the twin towers um but oh that's and that may be two different episodes by the way um right. but I, I know any episode with two little gun violence had to be pulled because it just didn't work with american audiences well actually no, the, the episode <laughs> with gun violence was pulled uh which which um, is ironic they're like no no we can't have gun violence in cartoons but like in public places in our country sure why not yeah it's only gotten worse but yeah. um <laughs> there's uh there's an episode that where cat ash catches like 30 taurus and no one like it's never been aired in the in the west it's he goes to safari zone and the the, the safari owner safari zone guys just like has a has a six shooter and he's all 
westerny and uh <laughs> they didn't they didn't Western. uh they didn't air that but he catches like 30 tourists and like for the rest of the series for the rest of the for the entire series you're just like where the hell did he get all these fucking tourists from <laughs> uh and it was from that uh. episode uh yeah so that's that's the primer for holiday hijinks um but yeah it starts with uh starts with the epic first american theme uh mm. or western theme uh song for uh pokemon which i think is the best one just so good um yeah uh, i yeah i'm i'm totally on board you know it, it has that kind of uh, rocky vibe to it it's, it's it does yeah it's got, it has a little bit of 80s like feel to it right. at the beginning and then uh i mean compared to the because my kids are watching the newer versions on netflix right now mm-hmm. compared to, on a journey no compared to all those it's definitely <laughs> yeah. choice i mean i listened I to it i got a little bit misty so to speak if you know what I, okay yeah. so a stupid joke <laughs> I, I think like I, th- I think that was uh very common though like I, everything mm-hmm. i can think of like whether it's Ninja Scroll or Trigun or Fist of the North Star, or Cowboy Bebop, just nineties anime always had great theme tunes. Dragon Ball Z, yeah, it was good. Dragon um, Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z is another great example. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I wasn't thinking of it from that point of view. I was thinking of it from like uh, the the kids' Saturday morning lineups. They had like uh, they had Pokemon, they had Cardcaptor Sakura, um, they had Yu Gi Oh and uh they like they all had the, that like pseudo butt rock uh like, <laughs> oh and uh like like it came straight out of sonic adventure 2 battle um but yeah i i, I guess that's true the the anytime japanese anime made it to the uh to the west at least like in the, the mid to late 90s it had that like epic epic quality to it so that you'd be uh, enthralled to watch like it was you know like thundercats had it really had, pumps you up it's not 45 yeah. seconds of love and marriage <laughs> from Frank like Sinatra. as we saw yeah, today last, with last uh, episode, yeah. uh, tomorrow <laughs> yesterday whatever whatever day it was we saw it oi uh but yeah um my my comments were god this theme song slaps and then it got into the second verse. I'm like this song motherfucking slaps. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> true. But yeah, it was, like I got yeah. so pumped watching, watching the, like just the intro. It, it brought all as, as all the to, feels, all the feels. It brought all the feels back. I was trying to not say it, but that is exactly what it was. Yeah, it was. Um, so the show opens on Jesse in bed, trying to catch Santa. Um, I, I think like actually um, yeah. I, I don't I don't think we should skip by this because this is the thing that made me laugh the most in the episode uh-huh. was I think the opening narration to this is great where it's like a, where it's like a stereotypical kind of holiday Christmas cartoon that's got a really kind of smooth voiceover narration and it's like and all the kids in all the world they, you know curl up in their beds and, and Christmas Eve and then it's like a kind of one of those kind of record stopping moments and like wait a second that's not a kid (laughs) (laughs) i love that guy (laughs) very a christmas story style narration yeah exactly Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah, so after the record scratch, uh, they show Jesse trying to capture Santa Claus, but uh, they test it out on James in a Santa costume. 
Um, and it's at this point, I'm like, I actually have seen this episode. I don't know how, but I've seen this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's, it's that we were treated to, to Jesse's sappy backstory when she was from 10 years ago when she was a kid and, uh, Santa comes, uh, accidentally wakes her up or she's already up and she's broken a toy and Santa finds the broken toy on the ground who is a jinx by the way and steals it and leaves and never returns um yeah 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 I, I was confused by that because like later they did find Santa Claus who looked like Santa Claus which means that like the appearance of Santa Claus is something that exists in Japanese culture. So I was like, why does she not know what Santa Claus looks like? You know what I mean? That's a good point. Um, <laughs> but I was clearly overanalyzing this. this but, show. I mean, at the same time, I, I think it's the early to mid nineties when KFC became like the ritual, uh, like holiday Christmas meal. Um, so, but hadn't yeah. they ever seen the Santa Claus with Tim Allen? <laughs> Uh, no, they prefer him as Colonel Sanders, um, <laughs> Colonel Santa. Uh, but yes, um, that is a good point. Why would she? Well, you know, it's a myth- mythological character. Remember uh, that time when um, Mario Lopez played now. Harlan Sanders in like a version of, of the a, like, Lifetime a, movie? Yeah, that Lifetime was that real? Oh, that yeah, we played like a hot Colonel Sanders or something. Was that real? Oh god, <laughs> I think it was real. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. That was a joke. I, yeah, I remember watching the trailer for that, and I can't remember. I know, yeah, no, no, I can't remember if that was a real thing or if it was just like a spoof trailer. I mean, KFC like, has done some weird. I mean, it was things. a short film. It was called A Recipe for Seduction. <laughs> Cause they, they've also <laughs> had like, they've had like a Japanese dating sim style game where you go to a KFC cooking school and you fall in love with your professor who is Colonel Sanders. Um, <laughs> seems, that seems has a bit of a rabbit trail. Yeah. <laughs> it's only 15 minutes. Okay. It's yeah. fun though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, a jinx that looked like Mario Lopez. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I keep forgetting that uh, we have some bad depictions uh, with the, with this version of Jinx. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we we get her tragic backstory, um, and then immediate smash cut to Brock, Ash, and Misty, kind of just like creeping up on a Jinx on a beach, uh, holding a boot, and um, he just sends Pikachu out to do a thunder shock. Um, Jinx does a lovely kiss and kills him. And then uh, Charmander fires it up with flamethrower, which is atypical of Ash to do an actual type effective move uh, in, in the anime, especially at this point, because he's just so fucking dumb. Uh, but I, Jinx is an ice type, uh, ice psychic, and uh, Charmander used a fire attack, which is strong against ice. You make a good point, though, about the... Um the fact that like the backstory was 10 years ago, mm, yes. but they depicted her as like being eight. Yeah. So, so is her like, character like 18 in this series? I yeah. always thought she was like an adult. Yeah. I thought they were like at least early twenties, uh, given they're a part of this gangster team. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I thought she was maybe, maybe 10. 
and so that would make her 20. That's fair. <laughs> well, if she, was ten, if she was 10, she'd be the same age as Ash is in the Western version of the show. Uh, but she looked shorter than Ash, his current depiction. Why does... um? Uh, Actually, he's particularly sh- tall for a ten-year-old, though. You know, like he's That's, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> what are these uh, these animators like? Get they, they really um, created impossible standards for women's legs. Like, how? Can- <laughs> yeah, Miss, Misty's legs are up to here. Her legs come yeah. up to her armpits. I'm like, whoa. That's yeah. true. That's crazy. True. I mean, like in terms of impossible standard, at least it's not Rob Lightfield. Um, so that's, that's always fair. fair. I saw something about how like uh, SpongeBob SquarePants is set an impossible standard for the thigh gap because he just has like these two little stick legs. Okay, it's stupid. But, no, I've, I've sent that meme to people before. Um, yeah. Uh, so Ash tries to catch the Jinx. Jinx blocks a Pokeball with the boot. And then they're like, oh, this Jinx has a boot. Maybe it has a, a trainer. <laughs> Just like, okay, that's a leap in logic, but we'll, we'll do that. They, they, <laughs> yeah. ins- they inspect the boot, and on the inside, there's a picture of Santa Claus, which they think, oh, this must belong to the real Santa Claus. My, because my yeah, connection got, logical leap. Yep. My connection got kind of janky there. And I didn't really see how they got from like the jinx to the holding of the boot and looking inside of it. So initially I thought it was a cup of coffee with like a picture of Santa Claus floating in it. I was very confused. (laughs) I went back when my phone started to buffer and it made a lot more sense. (laughs) Cup of coffee. Uh, It it was like brown inside. (laughs) Foamy on the, on the outside. Um, Yeah. So, uh, Oh, uh, and seeing as we've recently watched Santa Claus, I was like, careful, Ash, if you put that boot on, turn you into Santa. <laughs> yeah, you become uh, Santa Claus or Tim yeah. Allen, your choice. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you. Uh, let's take a quick sidebar. Uh, Scott, have you seen the trailer for um, the new uh, Santa movie? Uh, it's been it's coming out the first week of December. So by the time our listeners hear this, um, it's already come out, but it's. Santa plus Die Hard. Uh, oh, you mean st- Violent David, Night? Violent um, Night starring David <laughs> Harbour. Yeah, yeah, yes. Where, where Dave, David Harbour plays action Santa. Yes. Yeah, no, I'll Knight. definitely be watching that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, was, I was thinking of that when you were talking about the horror Santa uh, movies. Did it, I feel like this new parody horror thing is because, I mean, it's getting, it's gaining some traction. Yeah, how, like the how, whole how, Winnie the Pooh horror thing that came feel? out. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Pooh? I think that's what uh, it's called. No, I, I've heard, I've heard of that. Like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't attract me. That I, I think I'm not sure if that was was that real. Was that that trailer, was real? That trailer real? Well, because uh, uh, okay. Winnie the Pooh entered the public domain, I believe. Yes. Oh right. So now yeah, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. yeah okay. So okay. naturally, that's right. I did hear about that, but yeah. immediately desecrate <laughs> the uh, creation. It, it looks really bad from what I've, I've seen of it. Uh, yeah, it did look really bad. No, I say some parody things are great. I mean, I'm very much on board. It, like Christmas horror is is a great thing. There's mm-hmm. there's many great Christmas horrors out there. Or there's a lot of fun ones anyway. Um, there's only a few great ones to be honest, but um, a lot of fun ones. And um, we're no, fans of the St. Patrick's Day horrors. Oh yeah, oh, Leprechaun. Leprechaun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, or at least the first one. Um, 
Well, we covered uh, on the Guilty Pleasures podcast. We covered Leprechaun in the Hood, um, so you can, uh, your listeners can can check that out if they want. <laughs> oh yeah, highly highly recommend that. And uh, you did Blade Trinity at one point, didn't you? We did do Blade Trinity. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, and you can find that by looking for New Horror Express on your on your major podcasting platforms, and that's. It's sprinkled in with in between the main episodes. Um, speaking of the main episode, uh, Jinx's trainer, Santa Claus. That's just that's uh, that's that's what happened. <laughs> um, Santa Claus is Jinx's trainer. Jinx speaks to them telepathically with its hair, and not even full telepathy. It's more like. Uh, they show. I guess more psychically, they show what happened. They were basically the, the way it seems to work is that it, the the the, the Jinx's hair goes up and it pro- kind of like it's kind of like you watch a movie in your mind. It like projects it projects its thought into into your head. Yes, and then that that seems to be the concept there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and so they see that Jinx was on an ice uh, that got separated from the main part of the North Pole, which uh, then floated all the way down to um, the Kanto region of Very slowly. Pokemon Universe. Yeah, uh, and they're then going to take a wooden raft all the way from Kanto to the North Pole. And I thought it would be a good time to bring back Brandon's uh, geographical corner, <laughs> which is a bit that I do uh, whenever I guest on all nineties action all the time. Uh, I true. kind of look for the logical, um, the, the logical nature of how things geographically are located and or distance wise, what have you. And so Kanto is the original uh, area in which, um, the the original region of of Pokemon uh, where this takes place. It's modeled after the Kanto region of Japan, which is kind of I think Tokyo is it's that main part of of uh, the main island, um, and it is three thousand seven hundred fifty two point <coughs> five miles away from the North Pole. Uh, Tokyo is, um, which is over six thousand kilometers. Um, I'd say. They, they start on a wooden raft pulled by Pokemon, uh, which I, I'm graciously giving them a max of 50 miles per hour in water, uh, which will be a 75 hour trip nonstop or just over three days. And as we see in the episode, they don't make it that far. Um, and then Ash gets out and swims in the water, pulling the entire raft. And had I... Had I had more effort put into this, I would have calculated how much he's actually pulling uh, and swimming with, but I didn't. So, yeah, that's what happens. And thank you for joining me again at Brandon's Geographical Corner. Yeah, it seems somewhat um, uh, unlikely that that would have been the mode of travel would have been, you know, successful. Right. That that's true. And even I, you know, because normally on all nineties action all the time, when Brandon says things like Kurt Russell couldn't possibly go sky glide from the Hollywood sign to over there in LA. I'm usually like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in movie the, magic. Movie yeah. magic. I don't you know, like uh, I don't know the geographical layout of LA. I mean, what what do I know? 
Anyway, but even even I was like, wait a second, they're in Japan, right? Yep. <laughs> How is a bunch of Pokemon and a small boy going to be get there on a raft? Uh, so even even my <laughs> I have quite a large, you know, it's a very it's a very stretchy band of a suspension of disbelief. But even I was kind of like, that seems a bit much. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a hard time watching TV or, or movies that have that quality where it's like this is so unrealistic. I can't get past it. You know, mm. like I, I, I can't, I can't believe this is real. Then I realize mm. it's not real. So, so <laughs> I just need to calm down. Uh, but also team rocket is following them in their Gyarados sub that is powered by them cycling. Yeah, I uh, know. I mean, uh, which so. they successfully do. They successfully cycle, cycle in the submarine from from Japan. From, to, from Japan uh, to to the North Pole, mm-hmm. which I mean, the the thighs on a uh, you know Team Rocket they must, sure. must be being insane. Th- th- those the, meows the calves. Cardio would do. <laughs> meows. Uh, <laughs> and then so while Ash is in the water uh, and he's gotten tired pulling a raft with his two friends on it and a Jinx, um, <laughs> yeah, he starts hearing voices in his head or a voice in his head and uh, Lapras shows up out of nowhere to, to take them. And Lapras is a, another Pokemon. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Lapras, it looks like a giant blue Nessie of a character yeah. with a shell on its back. Um, is it, is it designed after the Loch Ness monster? Is it a magical Leoplorodon? Who knows? But apparently it's psychic for some reason, even though it's a water and ice Pokemon. And it turns rainbow on the outside when it talks to your mind. Uh, And as Pokedex said, Lapras, this intellectually advanced Pokemon is able to understand human speech. With its mild temperament, Lapras prefers to carry humans on its back rather than engage in Pokemon battles. Um... Yeah, so uh, Lapras is like, oh, I've been watching you, and uh, now that I know that you're so stupid that you would swim naked up to the North Pole, I will take you there uh, myself, because Santa sent me or something. After Uh, that description, I feel like Lapras shouldn't be allowed within 200 feet of a primary school. (laughs) I'm just saying. I just meant, like, he jumped into the water (laughs) in his swim trunks. I know. I've been watching you for some time. <laughs> no. I mean, to, I, was, I was just thinking it. while while you were while you were saying that we're kind of poking logical holes um, in the geographical uh, locations and and you know the distance traveled uh, in a show uh, where we have a ten year old boy roaming the Japanese countryside um, with very little supervision, uh, collecting monsters. So. <laughs> And true, like, do the, the my question is, do the monsters have any weight? And then when you put them in a Pokeball, I guess they become weightless because they're somehow digitized. Yeah, or at least the so. weight of the Pokeball. That's a good question. I was just thinking that before you said that. Uh, also, where are they storing those? He just kind of reaches back into his coat, and all of a sudden he's got a Pokeball. Like, is it like one of those ammo belts that's just got well, balls I, on it? If I remember correctly, in the anime, uh, the balls. <laughs> 
Uh, also, you can join us at youtube.com slash at namely90s to see me uh, mime a ball cupping. in front of my face. Yeah, cupping a ball in front of my face. Uh, they they uh, minimize to a smaller size um, mm-hmm. when you press them and then they attach um, to your belt. I've, I've watched this show. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, also, I noticed that it was still the fat Pikachu model. Oh, it, so cute. If you've seen if you've seen Pokemon in the last decade or so, they've sexed Pikachu up uh, to be thin. Uh, he's got like pecs no, now. Really? Yeah, no, yeah. Just, yeah. no, he's just he's more I didn't slender. Believe that, but like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, he's more slender now. Uh, uh-huh. He looks more like a, a plushie, and this one, he's still kind of in that that fat phase. If you don't think Pikachu's cute, uh, you have no soul. That's my opinion. That's fair. That's fair. No, that's 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 fair. That's fair. I know. I've not. I've not seen that because, like, I, I've really only watched Indigo League, and mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think it changes until after Gold and Silver or whatever that one that was called um oh ash's response is i'm pretty tough lapras a little cold doesn't bother doesn't bother me you're going to the fucking arctic arctic ash oh he's been swimming in like 45 degree uh water yeah he would be hypothermic even if it wasn't like freezing water you'd still be hypothermic with that long in the water i'm just saying but it eventually catches up to them as they get to the arctic they are quite cold and all huddled up together under blankets that have also appeared from nowhere um (laughs) or apparently is in their tardis sized uh knapsacks um and team rocket shows up right before they they get to the main part of the north pole with santa claus and uh they they do their they do their normal prepare for trouble and make it double speech except they're shivering the whole time <laughs> I think this was my second favorite gag because they're out of puff from all the cycling, and also they're super cold, so they're they're both they're half frozen. Yeah. They're half frozen, shivering, but like also heavy breathing through it. I, I just thought it was it was animated just in a very funny. Way. Yeah, it was a good it was a good shake up from the the normal, which we haven't seen in two decades. Um, yeah. So they steal steal the jinx, um, and uh, Santa they cra- what they crash Santa's workshop. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, I have written down, and now is a good time to go undercover. <laughs> uh, which yeah, um, yeah, and Santa we we see we see Santa's workshop, and he's just he's all alone in the North Pole, just up here fucking jinxes. And uh, I think they replace his elves. Um, yeah, then, I put that in my notes. Jinxies seem to be elves in this world. Yeah. Um, also, there's a nice uh, or sex pun. slaves. Yeah, well, yeah, well, possibly. <laughs> um, also, there's a nice pun where James says to Santa, "Yeah, I guess you're going to be tied up this Christmas." And, oh. while, while while literally tying him up with a rope. I enjoyed that. I, 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 I believe Meowth followed up with, that's not too bad. Uh, <laughs> with a K. Uh, I like puns, yeah. but that's, uh, boy. Uh, yeah. And that's then, the pun too far, right? The first pun gets, gets a laugh. That, 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 you know, it's like you're just pushing the joke a little bit too far there. 
and so they steal all the toys that Santa was going to give to the little boys and girls. They 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 get a massive pile of uh, bags onto their sub. Um, and then Jinx reads Jesse's memories about her uh, blaming Santa for not uh, for stealing her toy. And then the Jinx goes wanders off and comes back with a fixed version of her toy. And uh, Santa is like, "Oh, well, my Jinx took it to be took it to me to be fixed." And then, ho ho ho, you stopped believing in me, so I couldn't return. Um, and yeah, uh, so she she lost faith in him, so Santa can't return. Which I guess is nice. Santa Santa believes in consent in the Pokemon world. Um, yeah, except with Jinxes. What I found creepy was uh, the Jinx like voice. Oh, just Jinx, Jinx. Jinx. It was like Ugh. every time it yeah. happened, I was like, Ugh. yeah, I was yeah. a little uh, put off by that. Yeah, it is quite creepy, and and like. Between that and the uncomfortable blackface, it's quite <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Quite the experience, because like I actually overall think this is like quite a fun episode. But mm-hmm. every time they're on screen, it's just like, hey. yeah, <laughs> they're a little upsetting, like just in general. It's like you, you certainly made a choice there with that, and and did a full did a full English voice cast for this episode. Yeah, um, Lapras comes to their rescue uh, before it's too uncomfortable. <laughs> before everybody gets too uncomfortable, focusing yeah. too much on the the creepy voice and the blackface. Um, I have Charmander burns away their rope by lighting it on fire and th- burning all of them to yeah, death. Yeah, sorry, uh, I immediately was like, "Ow!" Right. Uh, because he did he did a full flamethrower there that wasn't like that wasn't yeah. ember that was that was uh, they should have died like if if i have a burnt like a burn from a 350 degree oven just by accidentally bumping the upper heating coil <laughs> they should be dead <laughs> they they, uh, they untie them by having pikachu electrocute all of them for a prolonged period of time right it, it works in other episodes um and then for some reason, Jesse has James's wheezing uh, and sends it out. And uh, but then I don't know. Pikachu beats them. I forgot to write down what exactly happened. Uh, uh, and the day is saved. Oh, yeah. Jinx, the Jinx and Lapras. So the Jinx pull the sub out of the water with psychic uh, I think. using sine wave yeah sine wave ash was yeah, ash's yeah. move was stupid like they're frozen so he burns them yeah <laughs> to was, unfreeze I was, I, them i was a bit, I was a bit confused by by that as well because i was like lapras froze them and it's like yay the day is saved and then ash kind of unsaves the day and then we have to save the day again and i was I like know. Ah. The little submarine goes back down in the water. And I was like, "Oh, oh, uh, the end." Well, they they couldn't they couldn't let Ash, knowing a type advantage, uh, go in in his advantage. He has to be stupid yeah. enough to yeah. do that. I feel like Ash just got overexcited and was just like, "I want to contribute to saving the day." Oh, yeah. I didn't. Sorry. Yeah. 
<laughs> which is classic Ash Ketchum uh, or Satoshi if you're Japanese about it. Um, so yeah, they save the day. Uh, then Santa goes to deliver his presents and he has a single rapid ash as his uh, um, sleigh. Uh, reindeer, I guess would. Yeah, reindeer. Yeah, um, policeman reindeer. And then uh, he makes it sound like he used to have reindeer because he makes he makes a comment about it. He says, "Ah, no reindeer." And I was like, "As a, I don't know, like he seemed to maybe replace it then." So reindeer? just to, just to clarify, because yeah, I don't really understand how yeah. this works, this entire episode was created and released for the Japanese market and then just dubbed to English. I I want to say this episode had a single uh, release, like it aired once in in the at least the U.S. market. Um, I don't have. Let me see. Um, I'm I'm fairly sure that because I've seen this episode before, and I don't like know. they don't modify the animation. Oh, so on the <laughs> uh, on the 15th anniversary of the episode's originally planned broadcast date. Um, it aired on the web series Pokemon Smash or this Pokemon Smash YouTube channel. Um, and that's with Jinx's skin purple instead of black. Ah. So. Um, it's like all the Santa stuff and all that was. was That's weird. It says the version has not been dubbed, but we definitely watched a dubbed version. We did. Yeah, so that's got to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But it was definitely aired in Japan first, like because yes. I, I, I saw that I, I saw that when I looked up that it was originally aired in Japan in like ninety eight, and then was its US aired it was ninety nine. I think we we're even beyond uh, the US, uh, so maybe even a little bit later for us. I don't know. So it was on the VHS and uh, ah. and in the Indigo League Volume Three DVD pack set. Got it. Yes. Um, and then the English dub also came available on Cartoon Network on Demand uh, back in the early 2010s. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah. And then, so the episode ends with uh, Team Rocket getting sexually assaulted by in bed by a jinx. <laughs> and then Yeesh. we get a Pikachu's jukebox, which I didn't watch because it wasn't the Poké Rap. I listened to it and it sounded like a bad, like off-brand Backstreet Boys song. Yeah, that was that was my thought as well. Backstreet Boys was the first thing that came into my head as well. It's very boy bandy, late nineties boy <laughs> yeah. band uh, kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, and that that brings us through the through the episode. Uh, That's true. I mean, I like you, you were saying um, about the Jinx thing at the end of the episode. I guess that's something we didn't really uh, venture into. But uh, <laughs> Jinx's special move is a kind of um, what we can only be described as a date rape move, uh, <laughs> like where, a he, uh, where, where he where he kisses uh, other uh, other uh, other Pokemon or people, and it knocks them out. Um, so yeah, like, yeah Jinx pretty- use Rufy. No, God, don't do that. So um, yeah, so really the whole package, the whole package of the voice, the date rape special move, and the yeah. blackface really makes the Jinx one of the creepiest and most uncomfortable Pokemon ever created. Yep. And also it can mind fuck you. Like that's the other thing. <laughs> that's an also another thing. Oh, to watch where those hair tendrils go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Well, what an episode. Uh, you <laughs> what a wild ride this has been. I did not yeah. expect all this <laughs> when picking the innocent cartoon oh, yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, at least we didn't have seizures. Yeah, um, that's true. Final thoughts on the episode? Anyone want to start? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about things from the 90s, and I, I don't have a great recollection of a lot of them nor a great connection, but this was definitely the most nostalgic I've felt going through for, this stuff. For an this episode is you like, haven't even seen. This is what we watched, yeah. you know, for years. It was, it, it was very fun to go back and watch it. Um, I agree. Sort of inspiring to maybe go back and watch a few more. And uh, this episode was, you know, it was okay. I, it wasn't one of my favorites, but mm. uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. <clears throat> Scott? Well, yeah, I mean, like, I've not watched Pokemon and I have no idea how, how long it's probably got to be like 20 years um, since since I, I last watched a, an episode of Pokemon. So it was quite fun to go back. And um, like I said, part of the fun for me was the kind of nostalgia of, of watching it with my younger brother. And um, yeah, uh, this wasn't the great, uh, uh, probably not the greatest episode, um, but it had fun parts in it. And it did remind me, um, even though, you know, we've talked about the kind of uncomfortable, problematic elements of the episode, but yeah, the, the sadness stuff was fun. The, the narration was pretty fun. You get the narration both at the start and end of the episode, and they kind of have like a a twist on the kind of uh, typical kind of twee uh, Christmas narration, you know, with that gag at the start and that. And um, it did remind me how much I very, I, I, I think I'm often kind of attracted to to villains in, in like uh, a lot of things. Uh, you know, I talk about that a lot in the 90s action podcast that a lot of times that the villains are the most fun things and things. And it did remind me how much uh, Team Rocket do entertain me. <laughs> so so yeah it was quite fun to revisit nice yeah uh i echo your guys' sentiment uh sentiments um it was just just starting off with the the theme song the original uh pokemon theme song um that that got me pumped and then uh there are good elements in the episode there are a lot of uncomfortable elements in the episode um and uh but it was nice to just to spend a, another half hour with ashbrock and misty again yeah um and uh watch uh jinx um sexually assault uh team rocket and that's it for this holiday edition of Namely 90s. Tune in tomorrow for day five of our 12 Days of Christmas specials. Thank you to Scott Murphy of all 90s, all action, all the time, and New Horror Express for coming on. Scott, do you want to let everyone know all the places they can find you and your podcasts? Yes, indeed. Um, so first up, uh, all 90s action all the time. Uh, you can find us, uh, the, the podcast on Anchor. That's that's where the kind of original place of the podcast. But you can also find it on all your kind of places you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. And we're also part of the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network, which has a whole bunch of podcasts covering various action stars, Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis, uh, Dolph Lundgren, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and there's a Bond podcast, uh, there's a Mel Gibson one, there, a whole bunch. 
and um, the and also for New Horror Express again. You can either find us on our own website, newhorrorexpress.com, wherever you find podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all of those ones. Uh, and also, we are part of another podcast network, uh, the Morbidly Beautiful Network, um, which has a whole assortment of horror podcasts for every taste. And the Gilly Pleasure podcast that I was, was talking about is wrapping up on, on my channel. Uh, but uh, the owner of the Morbidly Beautiful Network uh, liked the concept and format so much that they are going to pick up the ball and, and run with it. So if you look out for the Morbidly Beautiful Network, um, there will be a new Guilty Pleasures podcast that will not have me hosting, um, but I might have some contribution and my special guests sometimes um, that will be starting in January 2023. So um, so That's I will fun. end in December and they will start up in January, I believe. That's really cool. We'll keep the torch going. Um, yeah. Uh, and as always, you can find us on Twitter if it still exists and Instagram at namely 90s with 90s. Uh, find our personal accounts, personal Twitter accounts. Again, if Twitter still exists, at Beachway and at Namely Andrew, and tell us what you want us to talk about on future episodes. If you'd like to support the show, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Namely90s, also with the 90s. And finally, you can also contact us through our website, Namely90s.com. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Who's That Pokemon, Deezer, TuneIn, iHeart, and wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Brandon, that's Andrew, and thank you one Final time to Scott Murphy from You're Not From Thank Namely you. 90s. I'm from Namely 90s. No. From New Horror <laughs> Express, all action. Uh, all 90s, all 90s action. action all the time. And uh, I, I knew I should year. have picked a simpler title. <laughs> no, we're, half the time, I mean, there was that one episode where you couldn't remember your name or what country you were from. And was, oh, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> I love that episode. That's my favorite episode you ever did. And let me take this moment to apologize to you, Scott, about that for uh, knowing that you are from Scotland originally. And uh, tune in tomorrow for day five of our 12 Days of Christmas specials. And we'll catch you tomorrow for day five. Why? why what did I do? Day five of day 12. I don't know. <laughs> and goodbye. until tomorrow.